0: boom we are live ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's your boy Nolan Hawkeye Anthony here wherever you may be however you may be listening I hope you all are having a fantastic week me and my boy Dean are live on Wednesday as we are every single week and we have a jam-packed show for you today we're going to get into the recent uh, Iowa depth chart that has been released Uh, OU and Texas to the SEC and what that means for Iowa and the Big Ten. Uh, And we're going to take a look at the most recent Iowa Hawkeye commit in the class of 2024 and just kind of revisit the recruiting uh overall for the iowa hawkeye football team and perhaps later in the show we might uh take a gander at iowa hawkeye hoops and uh just check back in and see where everything's at but before i get into that i want to mention going to 247hawkeye.com 247hawkeye.com and the youtube page nolan hawkeye anthony i hope you guys consider subscribing there it really helps when you guys do that We're already almost up to 70 subscribers, and it hasn't even been a full month. You guys are truly awesome, and I appreciate it big time. Let's get that up to 70. You would be surprised how much sharing a video helps. I mean, one guy shared one video, and literally, it took the video from about 300 views to one point three thousand. So it helps a lot, and at the very least, like, comment. Uh, just chat with me and my boy Dean here Uh, we live in California so we like to stay in touch with Iowa fans Uh, and last but not least last but not least if you want to support the uh, show go to PayPal and uh, find the link in the description and uh, you know just go over there we don't ask that you guys do that or, or anything like that but if you want to it's right there without further ado I want to introduce my boy Dean Dean how are you doing buddy i'm doing great this afternoon now
1: i just want to warn our um look at how
0: uh look at dean's gear he looks good folks look at him with the (laughs) iowa t with the california cap you look good dean i wanted to save that until we got into this you like the new uh the new headset with the new i
1: love it i love it yeah after our podcast two weeks ago i accidentally crushed my other previous headset okay and so i think that that was the week that I had to go solo without no earbuds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That wasn't so bad though. I mean, it, it but it, there, there certainly is a, a difference uh, when you have the headphones that you have uh, with that. So I, I think it looks great, Dean. I really do. Do you like, yeah. it? I love
1: these. These are my favorite. Now, I, I just wanted to let everybody know that if you guys hear something like a saw going like electric song, like, eh, I just found out a few minutes ago, they're cutting down a tree right out in front of my house. And I did not know that
0: we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Thank you for letting the the <laughs> listeners know that. Uh, I, again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. The channel has been doing great. Uh, and, you know, just real quick, if you guys listen, you guys can find the podcast anywhere. Uh, but if you do anchor is probably the best place to do that since that does help us out a little bit, but Obviously, listen to it wherever you are at. Okay, Dean, let's let's get into this. Uh, with with the football season approximately thirty days away, which is so close, it is so close. <laughs> I'm stoked. I can't wait. I, I I mean, I seriously cannot wait to see the stadium jam packed. Kinnick Stadium packed, fans going crazy, having a good time, uh, and I am truly excited for that. We just inched a little bit closer to that with the two deeps being dropped. Now, these are not two deeps that are for sure what we are going to see heading into the season, but this is what they are heading into their last camp uh, but August which is their when their camp starts and there are some surprises. Uh, there are some definite things that I raise my eyebrows at uh, and Dean, let's get into it. I mean for me, I gotta say I was a little bit surprised and let us know what you were surprised about with the two deeps uh, in the yes. comment section. but Dean, I was surprised by, Keegan Johnson he was a four-star guy but you know for me specifically while the rankings I pay attention to a recruit rankings it's not the end-all be-all for me mm-hmm. and with Keegan Johnson I knew that his dad played for Nebraska so he has the bloodlines and the money lines I guess whatever uh and he just seems like a really determined kid but Quite frankly, wide receiver is one of the best positions that Iowa has. Matter of fact, Kirk Ferentz, in his media day, which we will get to, we'll play uh, some of the clips from the Iowa media day. I forgot to mention that at the jump here. He said that if Iowa was playing seven on sevens, Iowa he, he would feel good about their team. When was the last time Kirk Ferentz ever? Never felt good about a seven on seven version of the iowa hawkeyes the answer is never guys the answer never. is never so i gotta say keegan johnson was a surprise and i'm gonna leave some some meat on the bone here for you uh-huh. uh, dean but the other surprise for me was uh really just kind of the offensive line and how young it is it mm-hmm. is very young now Don't mistake, folks, young for not good. That's not what I'm saying, okay? When I say young, I literally mean just young. This offensive line, just like the defensive line, has major room to be dang good. And so I'm, and I expect them to be at least solid. So those were the two big surprises for me. Uh, Obviously, there were some other surprises, uh, I'm going to take a look at it again here while you're talking. But, Dean, what were some of the surprises for you, bud? Well, let's look at the center. Um, of course, Tyler Lindenbaum is
1: the starter. Nobody was going to question that. But his backup on on going into um, fall campus, Matt Fagan, if you remember in the spring, it was Noah Finsky yep. that was his backup. And so I don't know what happened there. He um, transferred.
0: Transferred.
1: Did he transfer? Yep. I didn't catch that. All right. I wonder why.
0: Man, you're back up. You're one play away from starting, dude. I, I don't understand it either. That's uh, <laughs> but that's just, that's just the way it is these days, folks. I mean, the, the, you know, and that's another story in and of itself. But players are transferring at an alarming rate. Uh, and most of the time, they're not even getting picked up by other schools. But go ahead, Dean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, um, of course, you know, you already brought
1: in the fact that um, Keegan Johnson was on the two deeps. But that dropped Max Cooper off the two deeps. That, right. You know that just tells me how good this Keegan Johnson is because I I know that everybody was high on Max um, Max Cooper two Max years Cooper. ago. Yeah, and I know he didn't play last year, and and everybody kind of wondered why, and it, then it came out that he had an injury, so that was the reason why he didn't play much last year, if at all. And so, um, but yeah, but you know, nobody. I'd never forgotten about Max Cooper because. Just like Charlie Jones, he showed a lot of flashes just two years ago.
0: Right. And so well, we look at this, you know, the offensive and defensive line, Dean, and they are they are young. They are. Mm-hmm. But folks, the last couple of years, I have been saying that Iowa th- that these are some of the most talented Kirk Ferentz teams. And, you know, a couple of things. Number one, with players transferring so often. The Iowa way is as prom, even though that kind of got what, turned into a dirty phrase last year. The Iowa way is as important as ever, because the only way to stay unaffected by transfers and, you know, all of the things that are affecting programs, including conference realignment and, and, uh, and name, image and likeness, is to have a program like Iowa where you bring in good kids that are willing to work hard, learn, and develop. But, the you know, bottom line is the recruiting has gone up a little bit for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They've had some solid classes, some top 40 classes the past, uh, past three or four years, uh, and we're seeing the, the fruits of the, the those labors. I mean, Lucas Van Ness uh, at defensive tackle, he came in as a defensive end Uh, He is a redshirt freshman. Uh, Yaya Black, the starter, he's a redshirt freshman. He came in as a D-end and probably could play defensive end. Logan Lee, redshirt freshman. Uh, Deontay Craig, redshirt sophomore. Uh, John Wagner is a redshirt junior. Um, But it is, I mean, it's very young. Let's look at the offensive line. Uh, Cody Entz and Tyler, well, let's start at tackle. Jack Plum is a junior, I believe, but Mason Reichman is a sophomore. Cody Entz and Tyler Ellsbury are juniors and sophomores. Uh, And we go to Justin Britt, who's a junior. I was a little bit surprised that Justin Britt was not in the starting lineup. I will admit, I thought Justin Britt was gonna be the starting left guard or right guard, but it looks as though... Uh, the, the, what, what seems to have happened is Nick DeJong, okay, Nick DeJong uh, is solid enough at right tackle that the Iowa Hawkeyes slid Cody Ince back inside. And therefore, Justin Britt does not have a starting spot. Now, Justin Britt is a very young player. Uh, but that was a little surprising for me, Dean. I mean, a lot of people were high on Justin Britt, and he's not in the starting offensive uh, offensive line group. Uh, and I think I know why. Yeah, go ahead.
1: He was hurt most of the um, spring practice. Um, but, I mean, he's going to play a lot. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter if he starts or not. He's going to be in the rotation. He's going to play a lot as long as, he, as, long as he, he can get recovered from whatever injuries kept him out in the spring. Right. Right. You know,
0: well, it is interesting, Dean. We look at some of these, you know, the offensive line have had for the past three years have had guys that are walk-ons that are getting significant Mm -hmm. playing time, Mm -hmm. you know, Kyler shot was a walk-on. Nick DeJong was a walk-on, which is part of the reason why I have said about the Iowa tight end group that came in last year that did not have offers, but walk-on spots. Listen, if if you're willing to work, Iowa will get you to where you need to go. Um, So that part is interesting. But listen, Dean, outside of that, you know, most of the players have held strong. We know okay. what the def- defensive back uh, position is going to be. Uh, we, you know, we did not see Xavier Williams. But as I said before, Xavier Williams is going to have to earn his spot. Iowa does not like to have a new guy come in and just to give a spot away just because there's some pressure uh, from the outside. He's going to have to earn his starting spot. So we'll see how that goes. But right now he's not in it. Uh, And then outside of that, you know, like Dean said, Max Cooper is not in the starting four. And I was a little surprised that Desmond Hudson, the six foot four uh, uh, wide receiver out of uh, St. Louis is not in the starting four, but Dean, I feel good about Iowa's wide receiver group. I really do. They are a bunch of really solid guys. Uh, So, you know, with that being said, uh, and then last but not least, the running back group. Folks, if Ivory Kelly Martin can stay somewhat healthy, uh, I, I am super excited about him. I think he is the perfect second punch to Tyler Goodson. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He, he can run uh, powerfully, but he can burn. And listen, folks, Iowa needs a, a running back that can just get down the field. Tyler Goodson can as well but it's nice to have a second option there. Uh, so there you have it, folks. There is the uh, release two deeps. We'll see how it ends up going uh, from here on out. There's still a lot of time you know, left. Uh, it's pretty crazy that there's only 30 days left uh, before <laughs> the start of the season, uh, but we will see how it goes. All right, guys, I want to uh, go check out what Kirk Ferentz, uh, said here. And then we're going to get into uh the Oklahoma, uh, Texas going to the S or potentially going to the SEC. But I wanted to just play uh some of the uh Kirk Farron's comments and just you know comment on it ourselves. Uh and so uh without further ado, guys, here we go.
2: Appreciate that, uh, Commissioner, and great to have uh, Commissioner Warren in the conference. Uh, Good morning to everybody, and certainly uh, outstanding to be in person. Even better to be in a football environment like this. So, uh, kudos to the Big Ten for for setting this up. This is my last year was a little bit of a uh, (laughs) flip in the radar, but certainly seen a lot of changes during those 23 years, and then also a, a lot of things really haven't changed. And as far as our approach at Iowa, not much has changed. We've always Been focused on trying to assist our uh, student athletes um, being successful in the classroom. Uh, Hope that they have a great career football-wise, maximize all their abilities. I think most importantly, just try. That's very true, folks. Iowa has not changed a lick. Uh, I mean, they've
0: changed a little bit here recently, but that's probably more because of peer pressure than actually having to change
2: to help prepare them for the adult lives. And I think that's one great thing about college football. It really is a great vehicle to do that. Um, Also, you know, every year, you know, uh, it basically goes back to January, we all start new. It's a new season, new year calendar-wise, and a new team. And it's a real opportunity for all of us to be involved with uh, great young people. Except for this year's Iowa team, who has a ton of guys coming back. Uh, An opportunity to help them grow, develop, and learn and ultimately uh, get prepared to uh, compete in an outstanding conference like the big 10. That's uh, just a really thrill. It's a, it's a great honor to be part of that.
0: Perhaps not the big 10 for much long, by the way, I have to interrupt so I don't get slapped with a copyright strike. Uh, and I'm just letting Dean have his popcorn
2: back there. And I think uh, what the other aspect about it, obviously <laughs> uh, it's like every year, especially at this time of year, there's a real mix of excitement for all of us. And I think also uncertainty and that's uh That'll never change. Uh, regarding our team, you know, obviously uh, just looking forward to getting started with them, looking forward to preseason practice when that goes. Uh, I know all I want to read this real quick 71% returning production. Guys,
0: that is rare for an Iowa Hawkeye team. And that's not even, that's low in the Big Ten. They're 12th. That's low. Uh, but they enter the season on a six game win streak. Uh, and the key returnees, they don't even have Tyler Linderbaum right there. They have Tyler Goodson and Zach VanVolkenberg. They don't even have the top five player in the country,
2: guys. Whoever did this graphic, done. All of us want to know the answers right now. None of us do. I don't know how good we'll be this year, uh, but I can say I really like Kirk Ferentz always says that. I don't know how good we'll be this like year. Like our football team. I like the people on it. I like the people who are trained the way they've worked uh, going back to January and the attitude that they've, they've displayed on a... It is important, Dean. He said, you know,
0: he likes this team a lot. Uh, and I always do pay attention for Kirk Ferentz to say something
2: like that. Really consistent uh, basis. So yeah, happy about that. And I think like most, uh, most seasons, team-wise, uh, we have a mix of veterans, you know, good solid veterans, guys that have played and had success uh, out there on the field in, in uh, conference competition got a, a good mix of youth as well and uh, like most years for us at iowa we're always concerned about our depth and that's something we'll really be focused on basically at every position uh, when we start up in august and, and i really think that's the beauty of college football i think it's uh, why there are so many great stories in college he's he's exactly right uh and that is why i love
0: this iowa team so much you have guys like zach van Bolkenberg, uh guys like matt hankins who were some of the best players on previous teams, but are older guys. And then you have guys like Jack Campbell, Tyler Goodson, uh, you know, uh, Tyrone Tracy. Maybe you could consider them older guys. Keegan Johnson, you know, uh, it, it's it, it's perfect. And some of the really good Iowa teams have guys like Charlie Jones, who transfer from somewhere else, and Iowa turns them into very nice contributors college oh, football. that's the way to work the <laughs> transfer portal you don't remake your team in the transfer portal you just
2: add and build up some depth we all have that opportunity to see how we can improve and, and grow as we go along so last uh, in a nutshell i think if you want to look at our football team uh really a prominent focus for us as a coaching staff certainly our fan base uh, development of starters up front on both sides of the football. We've lost a lot of uh, really good uh, starting players the last two years on both sides of the line of scrimmage. We've got a lot of work to true, do there. the True, the defensive line has been decimated. Uh, guys just going to the NFL left and right. And then obviously right along with that, a lot of work to uh, develop depth at those positions. Uh, I think we're fairly experienced on the perimeter. Uh, if we were playing seven on seven, we'd be in pretty good shape. There it is. If we played seven on seven, We'd be in pretty good shape. But obviously there's a lot more to that. And then uh, unlike most years, I think we really uh, got a pretty good feel of who our specialists are and what we can count on them to do. And, you know, I think they're all capable of performing really well. So That's good news on the specialist front. You need, Iowa
0: needs, when I did my top five players, Dean, Mm -hmm. I said uh, that uh, Caleb Shudak, the starting kicker was the third best, uh, most important Iowa Hawkeye because they need guys that can drill that son of a B home and, uh, you know, just get some points. You know, they are, when it comes to points, kickers are the most productive guys on the team. All right. Uh, a couple. You, by uh, the way. More, yeah, go ahead.
1: Let me say this. 20 more seconds, we'll be done here. Okay. Okay. By the way, um, um, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, um, I lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. He oh, okay. is a six. He's a six year senior. He took advantage of the COVID year.
0: Really? Because w- when I did that video, I formulated in my mind maybe he can, because ha- c- of the COVID year, maybe uh-huh. he can have one more season. But I, you're is- right. You're right. He did take advantage of that. That's why he's there this year.
2: Gotcha. Right. Okay. Got it. So again, as I said, I just uh, really like our team. Uh, It's been good to to watch them over the course of the summer. It's been good for uh, everybody to have a break, and they've got another break coming up here before we get going. I think we're all eager to start up here in 13 days, uh, obviously. And like every year, August is a big, big month, not only to prepare for the season, prepare to be game ready, but continue to... (laughs) <laughs> try to our team and see if we can't uh move forward and, and we are a fairly young team uh, it was really evidenced in the spring and so there's a great opportunity for us to show growth if we handle things right uh i agree with that the last couple of things here real quickly it's uh, unique this year for us uh to open up with a big 10 uh scheduled opponent mm. uh that is unique i know last year was an exception for all of us but um i think you have to go back i Iowa state versus Indiana. I don't listen
0: guys, Iowa as evidenced by last year, and I'm going to end it on what he ends up saying with the schedule. It is not the, you know, Iowa won six straight games last year, but with some of the pressure that Iowa has and how good this man knows that his team is. He, Kirk Ferentz has to get one of those games and I'll be honest guys. I would rather it be Indiana than Iowa State. I don't give a gosh darn about Iowa State. I really don't. The only thing that I care about Iowa State is Iowa not losing a ton to them on the recruiting trail. That's it. Outside we... of that, it doesn't really matter.
1: Go ahead, Dean. No, I was going to say, when we get a minute, um, let's let's finish what we're doing. But before we end this, I would like to talk to you a little bit about the Iowa State rivalry, why it means so much to people in the state. Since I lived there for so many years, fair
2: enough. We'll we'll do that when he gets done with this. Okay. I believe 1979, 1980, when Coach Fry was just getting started. I know they played Indiana, ironically in '79. So we opened with Indiana this year. That's, that's something very different for us. And then the next week we play another team that's going to be nationally ranked. So we have two nationally ranked teams right off the bat. So that that's certainly unless Iowa State loses.
0: <laughs> you know something
2: that's got our attention we know we're gonna to have to be at our best right off the bat or at least attempt to be and then the other obvious thing just to be back in kinnick with fans i think that's one thing we all missed last year. okay let's let's call it quits there i'm gonna play some some iowa
0: versus iowa state stuff in the background for you guys to watch okay um but listen the reason what i understand and i'm gonna let dean explain it but I, when I would go back and visit I my family in Iowa guys I and and fort Dodge okay is in central Iowa so most fans are Iowa fans but there's still a lot of Iowa State fans because Ames is about an hour away so I, I get it but at the end of the day Iowa State has only been good for one season in the past freaking 20 30 years uh, and Furthermore, as evidenced by the 2002 Iowa Hawkeyes that went to the Orange Bowl against USC, Iowa losing to Iowa State, but having a great season, who cares? <laughs> the great season is what is paramount at the end of the day. That is what matters in going to a Big Ten title game. Go ahead, Dean. Explain. Okay. To me. All right. Um, growing up in the state
1: and also, you know, living there for so many years, you, you go to school with your, with Iowa state fans, you work with Iowa state fans, you know, and so going through that, you remember that streak that we had early in the Kirk Ferentz era where we were losing like five straight games or something like that to Iowa state. That was hard to put up with, with Iowa State fans. And it's just a rivalry because, you know, sometimes it's family against family. It's your friends against friends, your coworkers against each other. And it's just a big up hype game. And But I will agree with you on one thing. If we have to lose one of those first two games, um, I'll pick Iowa State because in the long run, it doesn't affect our Big Ten chances. Losing to Indiana gives us one extra Big Ten loss that we don't need. But –
0: and so it anyhow. will matter in the long run. We both know it will. Mm-hmm. One On a game, national scale, it will. Yes. One game is the difference between playing in the Big Ten title game and not. Mm-hmm. Iowa could have finished top ten last year. In my eyes, they were a top ten team. Guys, they averaged 30-plus points a game and were one of the best defenses in the country last year. But they would is... Go ahead, Dean. No,
1: I, I can still hear you. All right. This would have been a top 10 team had, number one, we beaten um, Northwestern. We should have never let Northwestern come back and beat us after a 17-0 lead on the first quarter. Number two, if we gotten to play those last two games that Michigan chickened out on and Missouri chickened out on, um, you know, yeah, granted they used COVID as a, as a reason. but Oh, yeah, the coo the coo, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I just want to go on record as saying that they didn't care enough to control the situation like Iowa did. And so that would have, those, all those wins would have put Iowa in the top 10 last year.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, You're exactly right. Had Iowa won their last two games and improved to eight and two and finished on an eight game win streak, they probably would have been top eight Dean. They probably would have been top eight in the country. Right. Um, So let's move on here. I'm going to pull up this article. And we are going to um, move to Oklahoma and Texas, likely moving to the SEC. Now, I'm going to read a little bit from this article, not the whole thing. And I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on this, okay? Uh, Mainly from the Iowa Hawkeyes side. From Oklahoma and Texas, I really don't understand this. I don't understand why they feel it is necessary to go to another Power power Five conference when they're already in one. They are already in one. I don't understand that when they can stay in the Big 12 and be top dogs. Whereas if they go to the SEC, what, Oklahoma is, what, third or fourth best in that conference right now? um i now the money part i get it the money that they're going to get is going to be nice but that's just short term guys that's not going to be forever and realistically the big 12 would have been in line for another contract and what two teams do you think would get the most revenue in a big 12 uh, revenue contract Oklahoma and Texas. You think it's Iowa state? No, Heck no. <laughs> so, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys another thing, Oklahoma and Texas, I guarantee you are going to believe that going to the sec is going to help their recruiting. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the case because they are going to be in competition with so many sec schools like Missouri, Uh, So much more so than usual, they're going to lose a lot more battles than they would have anticipated. Now, when it comes to this realignment and name, image, and likeness, now, again, folks, this is not set in stone here. When it comes to the Big Ten, okay, okay. We've seen that AAU members, what I think that's Amateur Athletic Union. I think that's what that means. They want members like that. And I think basically what they're saying is they want wrestling programs because that's the AAU. And now, don't quote me on that part, though. I, that's just a guess. But for Iowa in particular and the Big Ten, You see Ohio state fans saying, you got to move. You got to move. You know, don't get caught, whatever guys. Ohio state winning the big 10 during the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they move somewhere else, they're not okay. That's just plain and simple. They're not, they're not going to do it as much in the big 10. And by the way, right now the big 10 is it's not the sec, but it's close. It is. Now, Now, I don't care to argue about that in particular. Remember when Iowa beat Mississippi State? Remember that? Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I don't see Iowa State being one of the top two teams going to the Big Ten. Um, Some guy on Twitter tried to argue with me that Iowa State is a global brand. Guys, Iowa State's not even the biggest team in the state of Iowa. And some fans are going to get butt hurt about that. I don't care. Um, I really don't. Honestly, Northern Iowa is close to as big as Iowa state and uh, they're not, but they're close. Um, The teams from the big 12, that would be prime time to go into the big, big 10 in my eyes would be Kansas or Kansas state if or both, but probably just one because you want uh, a Kansas st uh kansas city footprint okay you want those eyeballs for the television that you otherwise would not have had and if you can get kansas out uh if you could get so hear me out guys who i would choose would be kansas or kansas state not both or or excuse me and oklahoma state or well not oklahoma because they're going to the sec Right there, you have the entire Midwest in your conference. The entire, you have Nebraska, Oklahoma State, uh, Kansas or Kansas State. You have the entire Midwest. That is what I would do. In my eyes, Dean, I see Baylor as a better option than Iowa State. I see Texas Tech as a better option than Iowa State. Um, I see Honestly, Dean, I see Duke as a better option than Iowa State. (laughs) And I know a lot of fans are going to be like, Nolan, you're just being hyperbolic. No, I'm not. Okay. Iowa State is not as important as you guys think. I know it matters in the side hawk. But outside of that, it don't mean squat. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's it. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, Iowa is just fine. You know, they're just fine. Um, but, yeah, Dean, those are the teams that I see as better options than Iowa State. Um, and if if I were the Big Ten, if I were going after two of the Big 12 schools, I would be going after Oklahoma State and either Kansas or Kansas State. All right, dude, what
2: Here's are what your
0: thoughts? Do. Here's what I would do. I would love to take uh,
1: USC and UCLA and bring them to the Big Ten.
0: I agree. I wasn't talking about the Pac-12 yet, but go
1: ahead. Okay, no, and, and I don't mean to poach them, poach them, but you know the remaining Big Twelve teams can go there at, to replace UCLA, and right. USC, and then you stagger Iowa's football playing ability, like you know home and home one year with UCLA, home and home one year with USC. You but wouldn't on take opposite- Colorado, the Colorado but Buff? I, oh, I would but I'm thinking more in terms of selfishness that I want to go watch the games every year. <laughs> so this is, I could go, if we could stagger those. Let
0: those me tell footballs. you the problem with USC and UCLA. Yes. It's the same problem that the PAC 12 has with them. The California, the SEC, there's a feel to that, to college football, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Football is just bigger and better in, in the South. Yep. The big 10, it's awesome as well. I got to tell you, folks, uh, and Dean, we both know this very well. If USC and UCLA are not top, most people don't care about them. Mm -hmm. So that would be a problem. That would be a problem. That would
1: bring the Big Ten to California, though. And it would bring a lot more eyes on the TV sets in California. I mean – this is just a pipe dream. I mean, I know that I've read articles where there's some rumors about it, but I don't actually believe those rumors because it's a pipe dream and it doesn't make financial sense to hop over all these other teams and go out to California.
0: Yeah. I don't either. I don't see us. Nebraska be right now.
1: Yeah. Right now, Nebraska is our further West team. So now you're talking like a four hour flight from Nebraska to California to uh, play your next game. And so, that's probably never going to happen, but I was just kind of thinking selfishly. But if you want something realistically, I like the idea of bringing Baylor into the Big Ten. I like now, the real idea quick, bringing... Dean,
0: I'm not poo-pooing your idea. I was just mm-hmm. telling you what the a little bit of the pushback would be. But as All far right. as n- branding goes, mm-hmm. you don't get much better brands than USC and UCLA. Correct. USC uh, is
1: kind of like, like the blue is kind of like the blue bud before oh, yeah. Oregon. Oh yeah. Before Oregon started getting really good in Washington. I but, would really know,
0: like Oregon as well.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. there that makes sense too. Um, but wouldn't it be nice to have a have those kind of teams? Boy, it would just toughen up Iowa's schedule. Oh yeah. But but, but realistically, I could
0: that- you could see what you said, you could see Baylor You like Baylor as an mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. option. Mm-hmm. Now they are a private school. Uh, and the only other there, I I don't know if Rutgers is a private school, but I believe Northwestern is Northwestern and Purdue both. Okay. So the big 10 is not opposed to private schools and Baylor's big enough. And honestly, what the one thing you get with Baylor, let me tell you guys, is it is a program on the rise. Same with TCU. You have a program in both basketball and football on the rise in basketball, Mm -hmm. you would bring in. The defending national champions. That's remember, a big move. Yeah, remember it came down
1: to Baylor and TCU a couple of years ago for the big Big Twelve football championship. If right. you
0: remember that, oh um, yeah. But Baylor is in a little bit of trouble uh, on the football end. Um, but you know, listen, Dean, this is just overall very interesting. It is not uh, set in stone yet, and You know, it's just, it's so interesting. Uh, The name, image, and likeness thing happened, uh, which, you know, I got to say, guys, you know, I've seen some comments, you know, I'll see a comment on Twitter or Facebook where someone says, you know, name, image, and likeness is so awesome. We're giving the players the freedom they deserve. Okay, fine, whatever. But then you see a comment from that same person saying college football is ending as we know it. I hate it. Well, <laughs> how do you, why do you think that is dude? Because literally when the NCAA did have one thing going for it, it was an amateur club. Okay. And it did make money. I get that. Okay. And I'm not defending them. I'm not. But it did hold in the 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 amateurism that was. And I got to tell you folks, what we used to see, we won't see. five years late five years here in the future, the college football will be totally different from what it will be this upcoming season. Mark my words, and in 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 a, bubble that is what we are going to in the future here it is important for a school like iowa to keep what they have going on because it it, you know i don't know if you guys saw um one of the individuals quit in the olympics uh and i'm not going to talk about it. that but all i'm saying is that sports now is not like sports like it used to uh and if if you can maintain as a football program having a culture of working hard, uh, you know, doing the best you can for your brother right next to you, that type of stuff, you will be able to stay consistently in a good place. Uh, and so that makes me excited, Dean. I have one last question for you on this front, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll we will wrap it up uh, here uh, with our last topic, but. I guess, you know, five years from, down the line, do you expect the Big Ten to still be in existence? Uh, or, you know, what What are you kind of envisioning here? I think five
1: years down the line. Um, let me preface what I'm about to say is that. Preface uh, it, dude. Yeah, um, the Big Ten and the SEC have contracts ending with the um, TV contracts ending in 2024, Okay, their current situation. Um, and so does, uh, in 2025, the big 12 is ending. I don't know when the Pac 12 and ACC and their contract, but all probably around the same time. So I envision by the time these new TV track contracts come is we're going to probably look at a 16 to an 18 team, big 10, same with the sec. I think the big 12 will cease to exist in five years. Mm. I, yeah, I hate I, to, I, I hate to, I hate to say that, but once Texas and Oklahoma do leave and, and it looks to me, it looks I would have told you a week ago that that's just speculation. It's probably not going to happen. But after reading everything the last couple of days, they're gone. It's just a matter of when they're leaving. Wow. And so, and so, um, given all that, yeah, the big 12, when you take the two biggest money-making teams out, other teams are, other conferences are going to start to poach. Oh yeah. Don't be surprised if the ACC comes trying to poach a couple of our teams like Penn state. Actually, I think Penn state makes more sense in the ACC than it does in the big 10.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, Dean, um, I totally agree with you. The big 12 will cease to exist. I can see, um, uh, you know, a different conference uh, emerging, you know, cause sometimes something needs to collapse in, in, in you know, for something great mm-hmm. to arise in the ashes. And, mm-hmm. um, I do think it's possible that, you know, Iowa State, Baylor, and all these schools make their own conference, and it's great. Uh, that, now, I'm not saying that's likely, but I think it's possible. If I was Iowa State, the conference I would go to would either be the Pac-12, but I don't think that's likely, the Mountain West, again, don't think it's likely, or the AAC, which has Cincinnati – you know, those schools in that conference. And to be honest, the AAC is a pretty good conference, you know, with, uh, you know, Central Florida, Cincinnati, you know, those schools, it's a pretty good conference. Uh, And it's a decent basketball conference. If I was Iowa State, I would go to there uh, and, you know, see what I could do. But this, I got to say, Dean, this is not good for Iowa State. Uh, You know, it's hard enough to have, Two teams in this in the Big Ten from the state of Michigan, okay. Let alone Iowa, which is much smaller population wise. Uh, and let's be frank, not you know, Michigan is well known for being very very serious about their sports. Mm-hmm. Not saying Iowa's not, but not you know, not on levels uh, same as Michigan right now. So could you see the recruiting? the recruiting competition between
1: Iowa and Iowa state, if they both were big 10 schools, you know, you get the person who just wants to play in the big
0: 10 and it would be and, terrible Dean. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, it, and if Iowa state was in the big 10, they go, well, I'm going to choose Iowa state over Iowa. They both play in the big 10, but I'll, I'll take Iowa state.
0: I know. No, I don't see that, but Iowa will always get more players mm-hmm. than Iowa state. Okay. This year is an anomaly. Unless Iowa state all of a sudden becomes a consistent winner and Iowa state goes down. That's just the way it it will be. But um, I agree. You know, I will say on the recruiting front, if both of them were in the big 10, they would just cancel each other out and they would both suck. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys that right now, that is a fact. For those of you living in some fantasy land, when it comes to, how much talent is in the state of Iowa? I got news for you. It is not even a quarter of this, a state like Missouri. okay, the, the amount of talent that it requires just isn't there. And it, they would just end up canceling each other out. And they would both suck. And so that I don't want it, Dean. I don't want them to come to the big 10. I don't think it would be good for the big 10. And quite frankly, I don't think it would be good for Iowa state. I think they would be better served going somewhere else, not the same conference as Iowa. Okay. Last situation here. We got our story situation. We got to, you know, just kind of touch up on recruiting Iowa. uh, And I'm going to be doing an analysis and evaluation video. Um, but this kid is a 2024 (laughs) commitment. And so I feel a little strange doing an evaluation video uh, for him since he's, you know, he probably don't have a lot of tape on him. Right. He doesn't. (laughs) Um, But Iowa has two commitments in the class of 2024. Now Um, I fully expect both of their commitments to be either high three star or low, you know, low to mid to high four stars. I, you know, uh, I've seen their tape, and to me, I can see them being four-stars, but sometimes the recruiting services see Iowa and they just you know uh, kind of go, especially if they go to a smaller school, and they just give them high three-star status. Iowa is off to a fan- phenomenal start in the 2024 and 2023 class. And as I told you guys, I expected them to Iowa – To put their resources and energy into 2023 and 2024, because they had a phenomenal class last in 2022, and they were not able to show off the things that make them amazing, which is the culture, the atmosphere and all of that, so. They have decided to do that now. I will say, Dean, if Iowa can get this four star running back, they'll be in phenomenal shape. You know, that will be amazing. That really will. If they can get this guy, Jazoon Patterson, that would be out of Florida, that would be creme de la creme. They would be in phenomenal shape. What class is he going to be in 2022? So, we over, need him. <laughs> we can't, I lose totally him. agree. Iowa, you know, last class had a running back slash linebacker in Devin Hilsen. They need a pure running back. I'm not saying Devin Hilsen can't be uh, their next option at running back. I think he's very talented, but they do need a uh, pure blood running back. Um, listen, guys, my worry right now overall for recruiting is about a four, okay? But when it comes to the 2022 class, I would say it's about a six or a seven, with many opportunities left still for Iowa to finish with a dang good class. If they can close on the number one player in the state, if they can close on the Wisconsin uh, center, that's a four-star guy, things will be looking golden. Um, so that's we're going to wrap it up, folks. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Dean, are there any final comments here before we wrap it up and head on out of here? I just, um, Kirk was asked on the side
1: after at the media days about the recruiting class and everything. And, and he did admit that there's probably some outside factors that that have affected this recruiting class. But he also said that they just need to stay the course, be prudent, be patient, find the guys that will fit their program. And he named off several of the current two deep guys who were not highly recruited or were walk-ons to begin their career with at Iowa, who are now making a, a big impact. So You know, like I told you guys in the last video, I believe in this coaching staff to find the right guys. They will find the right guys. And whoever they don't get signed by February or December and February, they'll go to the transfer portal and they'll cover their holes. And they've always done a good job in the um, transfer portal. They've
0: always found the right guy. You better believe, folks, Iowa is going to fill out their roster one way or another and get it right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for watching. We hope you guys had a blast listening to us and watching us on YouTube. I hope you guys consider smashing that subscribe button on YouTube. We're almost up to 70 subscribers. I really want to be up to 300 uh around there by the time the season starts but you know 100 will, will do uh if you guys uh will please share and like and at the very least just comment on the show me and dean living all the way out here in california enjoy talking with you guys uh and staying close to the iowa program if you guys want to donate and support to the show there is a link in the description uh to the paypal and last but not least be sure to go to 247 Hawkeye com and without further ado DBAP don't be a pussy willow And facts or feelings because your feelings don't matter Love y'all go Hawks Bye